1: Hi everyone, this is Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Danielle Antos. She's our copy editor extraordinaire and also manages our webinars. Hi, Danielle. Hi. So we're here with our um, third episode of Freelancer Forum. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from talking about our experiences in freelancing, and we thought today we'd tackle kind of a sort of taboo topic that we're trying not to make it not taboo anymore we're going to talk about um, how to negotiate and what to charge with actual real numbers so um, hopefully (laughs) you guys will find it interesting Um, so Danielle do you just kind of want to give an overview of your background and how you got started and how you happen to you know change your rates from when you started to where you are now
0: Sure. Yeah, I actually started out in the content mills writing probably $1.25 for 300-word articles. They were terrible. Um, Well, my articles weren't terrible, but the pay was terrible. Um, And once I started there, and slowly I started getting just regular clients, and you can't find the information anywhere about what to charge. You don't know if you're overcharging, and I find that for a lot of writers, particularly women, we tend to undercharge because if we don't know, you know, we question our worth, we question well, would I rather just have them and, you know, have this client pay, get paid a little less than maybe I think I'm worth or they're just going to run away if I give them too high of a number? And I think it's important to talk about what we charge, why we charge it, and when you should raise, lower your rates. Yeah.
1: So. Exactly. That's how I feel, too. I'm As we're talking, I'm trying to look up a book that really helped me. It is, okay, I found it. It's called Secrets of Six-Figure Women. And I would really recommend it. It talks about um, Barbara Stanley, the author. She interviewed tons of women that make six figures and beyond, you know. And it talks a lot about imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of women and men face, which is feeling like you're, you know, an imposter in your own life. You know, right? You know, one day they're going to figure out that I'm not as good as what I'm charging. Um, they're going to figure out that I don't really know what I'm doing because I know at least for me, some days I feel like that. You know, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) How did I get here? And so, um, I think choosing what to charge kind of feeds into that. Um, so that book really helped me. And I also just kind of learned that if you don't raise as a freelancer, if you don't raise your rates occasionally, nobody's gonna say, Hey, I want to pay you more, you know? So you have to do. You have to give yourself your own raises. Yeah. So um, one thing that the six secrets of six-figure women recommended, which I've done, is the next time you have a client and you don't really care if you get them or not, like say you're not in love with the industry or you have enough on your plate and you could take on something else, but you're not sure, raise your rate. You could even double it because there's nothing on the line. You could lose. You could. They could say no, and that's fine because you don't really have anything to lose. Right. So I did that one time. I um (laughs) I was really nuts. My rate was like twenty five an hour and I doubled it to fifty and I'm like, who cares? The person said yes, did no hesitation, didn't even try to um come back with like, Oh, what about thirty? They just said, Okay. So (laughs) immediately I thought, Oh my god, I should have said, you know, (laughs) sixty or seventy, but but it's really that easy, you know. Get, work with someone that you don't really care if you get them or not, which I know as a beginner freelancer, um, that's kind of hard because you need clients. But just start doubling or, you know, going up the, with every new client, going up maybe a couple bucks, and that's a really easy way to do it. So,
0: Yeah, that's how I start out because I start out on Odesk, and I highly recommend it. I know that there's a big Odesk to Elance kind of a clash they're owned by the same company now, actually. I prefer Odesk. It's just more intuitive. Um, and I started out, I didn't have, I mean, I had experience, but a lot of the experience I had, I didn't know where it ended up. They're just like, hey, can you write this blog? It wasn't published under my name. So I had files and a lot of them were also SEO articles. So, you know, sharing them with other clients with the risk of them being stolen and used, that was kind of a risk for me. So I didn't even like sharing the, you know, the things that I had written, mm-hmm. Um so I started out pretty low on Odesk probably three or four years ago at like 10 or $12 an hour, um, which Odesk does a pretty good job of not having a bunch of 2 and $3 an hour people. They that's put good. things in place. And yeah, that's exactly what I did. Every client that I've got, I'm like, all right, well, I got somebody to charge me $12, you know, so let's go to 15 And I worked my way up. I think now I'm at 26 or 27. And I found that clients kind of, I stopped getting as many requests, and also I just don't need them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't need those requests to come in, so I haven't changed it in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, no one balks at the one or two dollar, and it's definitely easier to do it with new clients than it is to go, hey, I know we've been working together for two years. By the way, I'm gonna need another five dollars an hour.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's harder to do. Yeah, I uh, one of my first freelance clients, I charged him fifteen dollars an hour. And I'm still working with them, and I tried to raise my rates to twenty bucks an hour a couple years ago, and he said, "No, I'm good, no thanks." And um, <laughs> I, uh, I was like, "Okay," and I totally backed down. And for that specific client, I don't; it doesn't bother me. Like he's still literally paying me that much, but um, the amount of work that I do with him, it's it evens out, so it's okay. So I definitely right. think when it comes to raising your rates, at least for me the more you freelance, you're, you're pickier, you're more uh, crotchety about who you work with. (laughs) Right. Um, And so I'd rather have, you know, this really long term client that is under my current rate that I, that I enjoy working with rather than the principle of it, you know? Okay, well, you want me to never raise my rates? I don't want to, you know, I, that's a choice that I made to keep working with them. And so I think as a freelancer, that's what you have to decide too, is, as you get more experience, it's not only about the money; it's also about the actual people that you're dealing with as well.
0: Yeah, and there's more to getting compensated for your work than just money. Is it a industry that you've never worked in that you want to get experience in? Is it being published under your own name? Um, there's a lot of other ways that you can be compensated. Where it's like, okay, you know, maybe they're only paying me eighteen dollars an hour, but you know, I'm getting industry, experience, and referrals. Like, referrals can be worth way more. Exactly. So it's definitely exactly. something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah. Um, when I got hired at, at Search Engine Journal in 2013, I was just a news writer. And um, they could have almost asked me to do it for free because I knew what a big deal SEJ was. Um, I had been writing for free for marketing land and search engine land before that. And I would get clients all the time from that. I do, you know, one post a month, and I'd have people that would say, hey, I saw you write for Search Engine Land. Um, Would you be interested in doing SEO work? And so um, even I'm not saying you should give away stuff for free, but you're totally right. You need to think about how it could benefit you in other ways because I definitely know that working with Search Engine Journal has helped me, you know, become – more of a known person in the search and social industry, and that's helped me in tons of other ways. So besides, you know, being a good place to work, it also has helped me, you know, get other clients.
0: Yeah, and I'd also, there's a couple of different ways to charge. Mm -hmm. So, because we kind of talked about this before, there's, you can charge hourly, um, which if you're, I'm a fast writer, so I feel like I kind of get screwed in that. I don't feel like, I do have some hourly clients, mind you, but if you work quickly, it can be not a good idea. But it's sometimes it's easier to get that past clients than charging per word, which is the other way. So hourly, per word, and also flat fee. So you can agree to you know $50 for an article that's 400 words or less or something like that, which you should probably try not to write articles that short. <laughs> um, hourly or per word. So those are the three different ways that you can charge.
1: Yeah, I... I t- try to stay away from hourly as much as I can um, because like you, I'm, a, I'm a, such a fast writer. It's crazy. I can do a 1,200-word article in one or two hours. And so I usually get paid way more by per word um, if I'm doing writing. Um, and as far as other work, which, um, which like SEO audits or social media, I usually do a flat retainer fee like you right. had mentioned. So me and the client will agree, hey, um, you know, for, you know, $150 a week or 200 a week, you handle all my Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus. And so I'll just do it that way. So it's just a flat feed. We both know what we expect out of each other, and it's all good. So I think it depends on three things, the client, um, what type of work it is, and then how. How is it most beneficial to you? Because sometimes hourly is most beneficial, you know. Right. Sometimes it's retainer. Sometimes it's per word. It just depends.
0: Yeah, I think for it's funny that you say you do uh, per week billing for social. I do monthly, and I do two different plans. So I have one plan that's I charge three hundred per month for, and it includes one or two social media sites. I work specifically generally with small businesses. So this is people that don't can't hire an SEO, a social, and a blogger. So I kind of just do lower-end versions of everything. Yeah. So 250, or I'm sorry, 300 covers, ads, Facebook, a couple other random things depending on what they need. Do they need help with their website? Do they need help with something else? And then I do 500 for three, includes consulting hours basically. So this one is, the 500 is three social media sites managed plus six or seven hours of consulting based on what they need. So that's another way to do it too. It really just depends on your market. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah and I, I also do a lot of um, I have a lot of nonprofit clients where I have a couple clients that are coaches. So um, I have one that she wrote a book about breast cancer. And so that's basically her business is promoting the book. So I charge her less. Than um, I normally do my other clients because she's really great to work with, and um, it's a good cause. And so uh, and that's another thing that I feel grateful. You know that I'm able to be more flexible with what I charge if it's someone that if it's an important cause or if it's like you said a small business and I know they can't afford, you know, right. six hundred or a thousand dollars a month. But I really like them or I want to work with them. Um, I'm a lot more flexible, so it just depends. And, that, and that's not to say that I'm out to gouge, like, if, um, I don't know, the honest company came to me. They're worth billions now. They're evaluated at a billion or more, I think. Wow. It's not like I'd suddenly say, oh, for social media, it's five grand. Um, but you just have to be cognizant of what small businesses can actually afford versus a larger company.
0: Right, and it's also, like, how often they want posted. Like, a company like Honest might want three or four posts a day uh-huh. versus the pizza place that I manage for, which wants three or four posts a week. Yeah. So it's a different, it's also they have less fans, so it's less to manage, there's less to moderate, so it, it is less work.
1: Yep, you're exactly right. Um, so another thing I think we kind of wanted to touch on was sort of the negotiation process, which I think we talked about, in our last freelancer forum a little bit, but if you want to, like let's say you want to raise your rates with an existing client. How do you personally go about that?
0: Um, well, when I work on Odesk, I just, you raise it on your profile. So every time I got a client at, when I got a client at $15 per hour, I went to my profile, raised it to 18 or 19 and just kept doing that. And that's kind of nice because it's already out there. It's already set. They can see what you charge before they try to hire you. Um, with regular clients, it's a little bit more difficult to set the rate because it depends on what they want. All right. If you want an article, cool, we'll do it per word. It's easier to start it with new clients. Or if a client has said, okay, I know you were only doing one article a week. I now need two. That's a point where you can come in and say, okay, well, based on this extra work, I'm going to need to raise my rate. Usually, some kind of shift like that. It's really hard, you know, if you've been writing one article a week for this client for three years to go in and be like, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: but at so that now one, I want to charge you more.
0: <laughs> right, but at that point too, one of the things that you should be explaining is is that you're paying your own health care. You don't have retirement. They're not matching your Medicaid and Medicare. When you're an employee, your employer matches your contributions. When you're self-employed, you pay that all on your own, and it's a lot of freaking money. Yeah, you don't have. Any kind of leave, like there's a lot of benefits. So if somebody bulks at your rate, bulks at your rate. I'm not sure that that came out Bulk. right. Bulk. Um, <laughs> this is the things that you need to explain to them. You're not giving me 401k. I don't have paid days off. If I get sick, I don't make money. I have to pay my own health care. I mean, for me, I'm on my husband's, but that is still has to get paid. You know, and I'm not getting provided that by. a worker but I'm not a worker at a company you know what I'm trying to say
1: yes exactly well and I think too one thing that I've thought about with that client (coughs) that I still um, get 15 an hour from is cost of inflation is three percent a year yeah so I haven't even looked at the cap I think there's cost of inflation count um calculators online but you have to think about that too, and that's another good point to bring up. I mean, in a regular full-time job, most people get at least a three percent raise per year to account for that cost of inflation. So, yeah. whenever I started working for that client in 2008, fifteen dollars was different than than it is now, seven yeah. years later. And so, I agree. It, it is awkward to bring it up if you um, have just been doing the same old, same old for them. Um, I don't usually do it that much unless, again, unless I'm able to separate myself. So if I have a client that I've been working with and they're fine, everything's fine, but I'd like to get paid more from them, um, you have to be ready for them to say no. And um, like just like the one I did said no. Um, So you have to decide, okay, well, will I then continue to stay with them or is it important enough to me that I should be spending my time normally that I'm working for them to be looking for another client that's going to pay me more. So again, I think it's about priorities and just having a backup as to what, you know, what could go next or what they could say. Um, Other times I've raised my rates for an existing client. Um, Like you said, if they add more stuff, Um, If things start getting out of scope, so if, you know, the original agreement was for me to just do their social media and then all of a sudden they are wanting me to edit articles,
0: obviously
1: that's something I'm going to, and I was on retainer, then I'll say, you know what, that's going to cost more. And you have to, one important thing about raising your rates is you have to stick to your guns if it's, if you're not just asking out of the blue. If you're asking for a raise because they're, wanting you to do more stuff, you need to stick with your guns and say, well, I'm sorry, I can't accommodate that. If they don't want to raise your rates, um, that you shouldn't feel bad about saying, then I can't do it if you're not going to pay me more for the more work that I'm doing. Right.
0: And you don't have to be mean about it either. Just be like, I don't have time for it. I mean, if if they can't agree to, it's not fair for someone to expect you to do more work. And sometimes that's why doing the hourly rate can be beneficial because you know they ask you to edit articles when you're doing social media. If you're on hourly, cool, no problem. So you're asking me to put in more hours. There's no discussion whatsoever, other than maybe maybe you do still want to raise because you're taking on more responsibility as a whole. That's also possible. Depends on how long you've been with them. Um,
1: Yeah. But yeah. Um, So we're kind of getting to the end of our time, but you know, there's one thing. um, I just thought of that maybe we should talk about, I think since we both come from different backgrounds and we both kind of do different things, um, what do you think is a fair range per word rise and then hourly rise for writing and editing in today's market?
0: We, I think between 15 and probably 25 cents per word, depends on the industry. If someone needs a technical, extremely technical article that's going to require a lot of research, you're going to go on the higher end. If it's kind of a fluffy piece, which hopefully people shouldn't be asking for and you should be trying not to provide anymore, you, know, you can go towards the lower end. But even if it's an industry that you're familiar with so you don't have to do the research, there's still value of that knowledge. You built that knowledge. Mm-hmm. You should charge accordingly. Um, for hourly rate, I would say... And this is for where I'm at, which I think would probably be mid to higher end, but not like super, super, super crazy, amazing, awesome. Um, Very few people know my name, you know, that kind of a thing. If you're kind of an SEO celebrity, you're going to be able to charge more for these things. Hourly, I'd say 25 to 30-ish an hour, maybe a little bit higher. Again, just depends on the client, depends on what you want to do. I think for some of the higher end, I think you can easily go up to thirty five and higher. That's yeah. where I'm at. Depends on where you're at. I think you're a little bit higher than me. So,
1: yeah. Um, so for me, I do for long articles, which I I don't really have any clients right now that I ghostwrite for. But I used to ghostwrite for a bunch of people, and their articles would show up in Forbes, and Entrepreneur, and Huffington Post articles that I wrote. So that's a really high caliber. Yes. level of writing I still would only I charge 20 to 25 cents a word and looking back I probably could have charged more um I know magazine writing is traditionally about a dollar a word but again that's something that's extensive research and you have to pitch a lot of companies or a lot of magazines right. to even get a, a go-ahead um an hourly when I started out I So, you know, college degree and maybe a year or two of experience, I was doing 15 to 20 an hour. Now I probably charge, and again, this depends on nonprofit, if I really want to work with them or not, probably 45 to 60 an hour. Um, I'm still kind of working on that because I don't, like we've talked about before, I don't want to undervalue myself. And so I know some SEOs charge $100 an hour.
0: And SEO is also going to be different than writing an article, to be exactly. fair. I think you can charge a lot more for that.
1: Yeah. Like uh, whenever I do SEO audits for small businesses, I'm going to charge more per hour on my high-end range or even a flat fee of 100 or 250 or more per audit um, right. just because it's a lot more expen- extensive work. Yeah. Sure. So, okay. Well, I think this was a pretty good, uh, useful freelancers forum. I do, too. Okay, good. Well, again, this is Kelsey Jones, executive editor of Search Engine Journal, and Danielle Anto's copy editor um, extraordinaire. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This
0: Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.